You're listening to the Stay Bright Podcast. In each episode, we promise you'll find tools and resources to strengthen your faith, strengthen your mind, and give you confidence to shine. Welcome back to the Stay Bright Podcast, everybody. We are continuing on with our topic of motherhood, this week talking about four encouraging spiritual truths. I just wanted to talk about some things that would give us a little bit of strength as moms to help us do our best. So I want to start out today with a quote from Julie B. Beck, and this is going to be my first encouraging spiritual truth. And she said, there is eternal influence and power in motherhood. So to me, one of the most important privileges we have as mothers is we get to show our children how to connect with and speak to our Heavenly Father. So if we just think about that, if there is one important thing you could teach your kids, wouldn't it be to know that God is real and that we can talk to Him? So I was going through my old journal, you know that one that spans from 2009 (laughs) until today, (laughs) because that's how great of a journaler I am. And one of the things that I did think to record were some of the prayers that my son gave as he was learning to pray. And his first prayer was two words, cowpoo, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Cowpoo is how he said thank you when he was little. And so this little child who was still in diapers and had very little speech understood one thing. When speaking to God, we say thank you. And when he got a little older, he went through this Spider-Man phase. And boy, was it a phase. You know, most kids will have three or four major phases like fire trucks or Elmo or trains. Well, my kid had one phase for a decade. It was Spider-Man. I remember one night kneeling for family prayer and he asked Heavenly Father to please bless Spider-Man to be able to spin him's webs and catch all the bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) And I also recorded in my journal a one-sentence prayer when he was three, and it was, Holly Father, because that's how he said heavenly. Mm -hmm. So, Holly Father, bless these Skedios. Amen. Oh, so cute. So, now that my kids are older, I have the blessing of hearing them offer more mature prayers, and they think about their family members now, and they pray for them by name. And I get to hear concerns that they maybe haven't even shared with me, but they feel comfortable sharing with Heavenly Father in our family prayers. And I hear them trying to be sincere and not repetitive. It's such a beautiful thing to see their prayers mature. And I hope that whatever my children encounter in their lives, that they will know that they can pray to their Heavenly Father. And I'm always grateful when one of my kids accidentally opens my bedroom door to find me praying or on my knees. And I hope that that image will be recorded in their memory for the times when their testimony needs some shoring up. And I know this simple act of teaching my children to pray has eternal influence and power. So let's talk a little bit more about motherhood having eternal influence and power. What can you add to this, Christy? And what have you experienced maybe as a child from the examples of the mothers in your life or even as a mother yourself? Yeah, I was thinking about my grandmother, and I know I've spoken about her a few times on here, but she's an incredibly strong woman who was very much a mover and shaker of her time. And I honestly believe if she and I had met both in our 20s, we would have been like the best of friends. But because my grandmother had her children so young and so close, she's been around and she has gotten to see some things, especially growth within her own family. 
Um, she is less than two months away from becoming a great, great grandmother. That is so cool. <laughs> Isn't that neat? And I used to tease her. In fact, I still do tease her when my dad's extended family gets together, you know, with cousins, nieces, nephews, and all of the grands running around. I'll say, Grandma, you started this mess. <laughs> Look at <laughs> yeah. this mess that you started. And it's it's totally true. You know, she and my grandpa did start this mess. <laughs> Now, I'm going to go a little bit deep here, and I hope I don't freak anybody out. But, you know, when I was praying and thinking about having our sixth child, it was a big decision, a huge decision. I was pretty maxed out with five other little people, and I knew that it would be asking a lot for me and for our family to have another child. There would be almost five years between this little one and the others, the others that were grouped more closely, the other five. And so I would be somewhat starting over and it was scary, but I knew that I could do it. And I just was having to make this big decision. Well, around that time, I went to this family history fair one weekend and there was an older couple there that were talking about their posterity and they had this panoramic photo of their very large family. And they themselves had had several children who each had several children who also each had several children. It was just this huge family portrait, kind of like, hey, grandma, look at this mess you started, you know. And I was standing looking at this photograph and I just had this enormous wave of emotion wash over me. It was instant. And I mean, I started crying like right on the spot. And that does not happen to me very often. I was just overcome with this very spiritual emotion. And as I stood looking at this picture, I kind of had this realization that I wasn't just considering having another child. I was considering bringing an entire line of posterity into existence. And truly, it didn't take me long to imagine this child who was at that point just in my imagination, in my dreams, um, but to imagine him or her becoming a great grandmother or grandfather like this woman that I was speaking to. So for me personally, that experience was an answer to a prayer, but also I had this clear vision of the eternal work and influence and power of a mother. And I actually took a minute to just count, you know, for my grandmother who I just spoke of. And, and I'll even say here that I still have cousins and siblings who don't even yet have children. But to date, my grandmother alone has 30 people directly in her bloodline posterity that she is really responsible for. I mean, the mess that she created, <laughs> these 30 people. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine how exponentially that can grow. And it's pretty amazing to think about. But that for sure is, is something I feel strongly where... Um, you know, motherhood has this great potential for eternal work and influence and power. That is a beautiful story. I'm so glad you shared it. I don't think there's a better way that we could sum up the true influence and power of motherhood to, than to visualize what it really means to bring one little body mm -hmm. into this world. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful story. It didn't freak me out at all. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, I can see people being like, okay, I'll have more kids. But no, that's not, it's not meant to like <laughs> max you out, tap you out to your max because then none of us are... None of no. us are, are good if we're no. not. I didn't take it that way. Best. It was actually just a beautiful testament to how personally Heavenly Father answers our prayers. That's something yeah. you really needed to know at the time. And I had a similar yeah. powerful experience when I was debating having my last little one and so grateful that um, that I had a super clear answer mm -hmm. to that. So I felt comfortable having that tail end baby yeah. five years after everyone else, just right. like you. Right? Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, so let's roll into our second encouraging spiritual truth, and that is that we do not mother alone. And I'm not just talking about it takes a village, right? So one thing I've come to know is that the plight of mothers is known beyond the veil, and there are literally angels sent to help us. This is one of my favorite quotes from Joseph F. Smith, and he said, In like manner, our fathers and mothers, brothers, sisters, and friends who have passed away from this earth, having been faithful and worthy to enjoy these rights and privileges, may have a mission given to them to visit their relatives and friends upon the earth again, bringing from the divine presence messages of love, of warning, of reproof and instruction to those whom they have learned to love in the flesh. I just want to share a few of these beautiful stories special stories. And like you said, I hope I don't freak anybody out, but I just love this principle that even if we do feel alone sometimes in our mothering, we are known beyond the veil in our efforts to to raise these people. I want to share a little short story about my mom. When she was a young mother and she had her first baby, this was back in the 70s, back before they had safety Mm-hmm. lids on <laughs> toxic chemicals uh-huh. <laughs> right right <laughs> so anyway she had laid down to take a nap with my brother and while she was sleeping it really scared her because it was just her and my brother and while she was sleeping she heard someone clearly calling her name sandy 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 and she woke up and was terrified because she thought who's in my house calling mm-hmm. my name and she she woke up and looked around, and the first thing she noticed was she didn't know who was calling her name, but also my brother wasn't in the bed. And so she looked through the hallway and saw him in the bathroom on the floor, and he had taken a bottle of Drano out of the cupboard and it had a little red lid on it, and he was just about ready to put it in his mouth mm-hmm. and had it oh, open. Oh, my goodness. And so I thought to myself, you know, who knows who that was? Who knows how that happened? But we do not mother alone, for sure. Um, Another instance where we do not mother alone, where we are helped from the other side of the veil. I remember, oh, I can't remember how many years ago this was, probably about 10. I still had a lot of diaper babies at home and I used to suffer a lot with migraine headaches. And I had one month, it was even in my journal, I wrote this down where I had just had one after another after another and they knocked me out for a couple of days and you feel kind of hung over the next day. Well, anyway, I was going on probably like the third migraine of the month and I had all these little kids and my husband was in school and I was just alone a lot of the time. And I was going down the stairs. The house was a total pigsty, (laughs) total mess. It had gotten dark. It was winter and the house was all dark and dirty and the kids needed dinner. And I was, my head was just booming. It was like clawing on the wall, trying to get down the stairs to go find some Cheerios I could sprinkle on the table for them type of situation. (laughs) And I just remember thinking in my mind, I didn't even say it out loud. I just remember thinking, man, I just wish somebody knew that I needed some help. I just wish. Mm-hmm. And a few minutes later, I got a phone call from my sister and she goes, you know, I just had a feeling that I should bring you over some dinner. I just had a feeling that you needed some help in that way tonight. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know how Heavenly Father hears these thoughts, but he hears even the private, quiet thoughts of our hearts and somehow dispatches even angels on earth to do that. Yeah. Oh boy, you can't tell stories with me because <laughs> I just always get so emotional. Um. This last one is about a family member that was having some real struggles. I mean, it's a it's a private story, so I'll just kind of tell it in generalities. But just one of the hardest struggles you could think of as a mom, honestly. Um, and one of these nights, um, this family member was just so tired and so discouraged. 
and she went in the bathroom and washed her hands and then she looked up in the mirror and she said that her face looked like her grandmother's face. She noticed the features that she had that were similar to her grandmother. And it's true. We always say, boy, you, sh- you look so much like this woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, as she was looking in the mirror, she noticed all the features of her grandmother. And a thought came to her that her grandmother was aware of her and she was sending her strength and letting her know that that she too had gone through some really hard things and it will be okay that we can go through hard things and that 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 uh that we're thinking of you and we love you and you're going to be okay and your grandma's with you my goodness that message of you're going to be okay i mean coming from those on the other side that have gone the way before us you know yeah i mean it's hard i mean it's hard to tell in a story hopefully Mm -hmm. people get the meaning of it but there are so many ways that our what do I want to say? There are so many ways that our work, and sometimes it's a really hard work of mothering, is is helped along and encouraged by people beyond the veil. I believe that. I love all three of those stories and have certainly had experiences similar to that. And I thought of this idea of, you know, not mothering alone from a little bit of a different angle. There, there really isn't anything quite like mothering that has caused me to think deeply about those on the other side of the veil, you know, those who have gone before me or those who have come after me. And when my oldest daughter was just a few weeks old, I was awake with her in the middle of the night one night, you know, burping her out in the hall, pacing back and forth. And we had this full length mirror in the hallway and I was there patting her back and, you know, kind of looking as I walked the hall, just kind of looking in the mirror at at me holding this tiny little peanut body curled up against my chest, right? I, I love that visual. Oh my goodness, I, I, I miss those days. <laughs> totally. Um, and I had this powerful thought come into my mind that was simply, this spirit is older and wiser than you, and she will teach you many things. And that impression has come to me more than once over the years. And I cannot tell you how incredibly true this has been. And I also cannot tell you how many times this child really has mothered me. She has taught me. She has comforted me. She has praised me. And I just find it so interesting that even these spirits that arrive on earth after us have a way of mothering us too. You know, I cannot let myself think too much about this time that I had at home with her I just miss it so much. Um, But we all do or very much can mother each other, all different ages and and beyond the veil and those who even have not come to this earth yet. And I'm, I'm speaking of my child who mothered and taught me, but there are certainly those beyond the veil who mother us and are present with us every step of the way. I just love that you had that spiritual impression about the qualities of your daughter and and how that relationship was really going to be that that was also help beyond the veil i think yeah oh yeah to help you understand her better right man i, I just don't you just love stories i, know. I could listen to them all yeah. day <laughs> well this third encouraging spiritual truth i want to share is that wrongs can be righted and i think one of the messages that satan tries to bombard mothers with is that our mistakes make us bad mothers So I'm here to share a more hopeful statement, and that is that wrongs can be righted. Too often, you know, we'll allow for growth and change and repentance for any other mistake under the sun. But sometimes, I think because motherhood is so important to us and we love our kids so much, we don't give ourselves the same grace as mothers. We mistakenly think that because our love is so flawless for them, 
so then should our mothering be. And it's impossible. We will make mistakes. We will say or do hurtful things. We will make the wrong call. We will drop balls. But God doesn't ask us to do this alone. And I think we expect ourselves to be expert mothers under our own steam. And the truth is, we just can't. We have to lean on the arm of the Lord. So Mary Fulger said, As a mother, I have made mistakes. Regardless of culture or country, we all make mistakes in our mothering. But through repentance and the atonement of Jesus Christ, and by continually communicating his love, miracles can happen. Wrongs can be righted. Never give up. Never let your arms hang down. I love that optimistic message that wrongs can be righted and to not let ourselves get down on ourselves when we make mistakes that are surely going to happen. I really want to share this scripture from Doctrine and Covenants 123.17. Perfectly applies to motherhood. Therefore, dearly beloved brethren and sisters, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. There's so much, so much that we can do as mothers, but so much that we can't. Sometimes we just have to cheerfully do all that we can, mistakes and all, just bundle it all together, do the best we can, pray and let God reveal his arm (laughs) because, and that's how our wrongs can be righted really. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just kind of pick your brain on this. In what ways can we more fully partner with God and let his arm be revealed in our mothering? Well, I immediately think of the scripture from 2 Nephi 25:26 that says, And we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. And I'm going to add to the end of that. <laughs> hopefully not blasphemously, but so that our children may know to what source they may look for peace and direction and guidance. So with that, I believe there is unspoken power in surrounding our homes with things of the spirit. You know, we talked about family prayers being rituals and how comforting it is for our children to have these memories. And I can also testify of the power of uplifting music. And when I remember to turn uplifting music on, especially in the mornings, not just Sunday mornings, but any morning, it does set a tone for our home that's more peaceful. And I've seen my kids as they've grown up make choices on their own that I believe have come directly from partnering with God and eventually seeing the fruits that maybe we never even could have dreamed of. So I encourage us and myself included here, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about, but encourage us to pray and ask how we can better partner with God. And what we can do in small ways that will lead us to see his arm revealed in our mothering. You know, he wants us to ask and he wants that success for us. Yeah, so I I love that. And I just I just want to encourage everybody to never think of mothering as just your job. It's not fully on your shoulders. There's another set of arms to help you there. And that is the arms of the Lord to help us. And if we really want to wrong some rights, we do exactly what you suggest here, and that is to talk and preach and teach of Christ. It's interesting. My husband always has this same little philosophy he always goes back to that he learned on his mission. He goes, sometimes things go wonky. Sometimes there are fights. Sometimes, you know, he was talking about on his mission, like Mm -hmm. there would just be like a weird mood in the room or the lesson wasn't going the right way. And he goes, and the way that you always pull it back is you bear testimony of Christ. Mm -hmm. You get back to the very, very simplest thing. And so I think a lot of wrongs can be righted. And the arm of the Lord can really be revealed in our motherhood if we get back to the basics and we do what you said. 
and just keep teaching of Christ Mm -hmm. through music, through scriptures, through videos, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, get back to those basics. And we talk about Christ, right? Those wrongs, let them help. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So this last little encouraging spiritual truth I want to share is we have divine instincts to help us mother. I love this one. This made me feel so special as a mom, Mm -hmm, right? (laughs) It really felt encouraging (laughs) to me and it felt kind of exciting almost. So Richard G. Scott said, as a mother, you have been given divine instincts to help you sense your child's special talents and unique capacities. I 100% believe this. I tried to think about some of the special awareness I might have as a mother for my children. Just some of the things that the spirit and my experience has shown me about my kids. Things that would help me better nurture them. I want to take a little side note on nurturing here real real quick from Julie B. Beck in her awesome talk, Mothers Who Know. She said, Mothers Who Know are nurturers. This is their special assignment and role under the plan of happiness. To nurture means to cultivate, to care for, and to make grow. Therefore, mothers who know create a climate for spiritual and temporal growth in their homes. So going back to this divine instinct that Elder Scott is talking about, I've been able to notice some special qualities in my children. This is something we all can do. And I believe that using this divine instinct helps us hone in on our nurturing. We can know better how to encourage and to nourish our kids' strengths. It's kind of like a tomato cage or a steak, and we support them in the ways that will bear the most fruit for them. They're already there. They're already the plant. They're already growing. But if we can kind of see which way they're going, we can help shore that up and strengthen them. I was thinking about some of my kids. I'm just going to share some of the things that I believe my my special (laughs) divine instincts may have picked up on them, not because I want to brag about my kids, but because this might give you some ideas and get your wheels turning on some special things you might notice in your own kids. So for instance, I've noticed in one of my kids that they have a lot of energy to always do their best. They're super eager to please the people who really matter, not so much the people that don't. This child has a fire in their belly to be ambitious. I've got another kid who is very laid back and nurturing and perceptive of others' feelings and has a great gift of humor. I've got one child who is amazing with animals. She has great patience for them and this keen understanding for their motivations and behaviors. And we call her the dog whisperer because she's been able to calm and tame and train dogs since she was tiny. It was quite comical, actually. They just listen to her. It's bizarre. (laughs) This child is also very socially aware. And I have one child who is honestly without guile and patient and obedient. So knowing these divine qualities by using my spiritual mama spider sense, um, this can help me guide and encourage and support my kids to develop these spiritual qualities and strengths that they each have. So I hope that we can all think about what special qualities our kids have because you have this divine gift where you can sense that where maybe nobody else could. I love that about moms. So Christy, what other divine instincts do you feel help you be a better mother? Well, I love that you mentioned the individuality. That is absolutely true. The divine instinct to see our children as unique and individual spirits. You know, when we use this divine instinct, then we can help them nurture their strengths. And these strengths can be a whole myriad of things like you just mentioned. 
And as they are our children, they're also children of our heavenly parents. And I know that those heavenly parents want to help us as earthly parents to know these children, to know their spirits and to know their hearts and their minds and to help them succeed. When we use our divine instincts to identify this individuality, we can also be more attuned to their specific needs that will, you know, like we talked about in the last episode, that will win their hearts and bind them to us. I, I think our divine instincts can help us know when to hold one of them close to us or when to give them space and can help us to know what to say and when to say nothing and just listen. Those divine instincts can help us know when to be firm and when we should be more gentle, how to craft a certain teaching moment and so on. And these are things that are unique for each child in each situation. So it really does take that fine tuning of those divine instincts. Um, You know, what I consider the nuances of daily motherhood and being in tune with that. That's the perfect word, the nuances, just having this divine Mm -hmm. awareness. I just love saying divine. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm really like saying that word a lot because I really like attaching it to myself for this topic. I don't know. (laughs) It's just fun though. It's just neat to know. It's neat to know that we have this divine gift. I just think it's cool. I never thought about it until recently. Pretty cool. All right. So I hope that these four spiritual truths have been encouraging to you. Let's kind of recap so that you can think about these as you go about your day. First one is there is eternal influence and power in motherhood. Boy, we think it's just one little child. But if you think about it, what is the eternal influence of mothering that one child? It could literally change the world and Mm -hmm. it will and it will. The second one is we do not mother alone. Even on your darkest day, there are people on the other side cheering for you to do your best mothering, even when you feel like you can't take another step. The next one is wrongs can be righted. Don't be so hard on ourselves, mamas. We are doing our best and all of our mistakes that we make, they can, many of them, be almost all patched up (laughs) if Mm -hmm. we just rely on the arm of the Lord go back to the basics and teach and preach of Christ and realize we are not the only ones mothering these kids let the Lord help and the last one is we have divine Mm -hmm. (laughs) instincts to help us mother pray about those keep thinking I should probably ask my heavenly father you know what are my divine talents and qualities that will help me be a better mother I know there are many more than just the ability to pick up on our children's strengths Mm -hmm. we have a lot of instincts and I love some of the ones that you that you mentioned Christy so I hope that these topics have given you something to think about something to smile about in your mothering this week we are so grateful to be part of this huge community of women mothers grandmas all of us ladies doing our best to love on the the people in our lives. We hope you'll join us next week. We're excited about this. We are going to do a two-week book review of Atomic Habits by James Clear. This is a book that was recommended to us by Jill Thompson when we had her on talking about physical health. And boy, oh boy, it is a powerful book. We, It's just one of those books where we thought we have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. We have to. We have to talk about this. Such a good recommendation. Thank you, Jill. We can't wait to tell you a little bit about what we've learned. Hopefully we'll light a little fire in your belly so you'll pick it up and learn some of the things that we're enjoying so much. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us this week. And until next time, everybody stay bright.